Thomas Edison, Richard Branson, John F. Kennedy, Mozart, Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, Cher. Yeah, the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Well, hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to episode number 114 of ADHD for Smartass Women. You know, I am finishing up with the last couple days of our free five days to fall in love with your ADHD brain master series, and I am completely blown away by all of you that are participating. We had 2,500 women sign up. 1,500 of you are actually in the Facebook group, and I'm talking to you daily, and it just makes me realize how much I love ADHD women. And I'm just so appreciative of all the gold stars about the program. I'm not quite sure when I'm going to offer it next. It was so much work, but I wanted to read some of them because, oh, I don't know, gold stars, right? Leslie E. said, I really appreciate you gifting this course, Tracy. It's obvious you have put your heart and soul into it, and it doesn't feel like free content. It's so informative. Jody B. says... I seriously cannot believe this content and advice that you are providing is free. So grateful. Rebecca B. says, wow, Tracy Otsuka, this was so incredibly insightful and your work is so important. I am in love with this program and came out feeling like a warrior today. So it just makes me feel so good that I was able to figure out something that I could do where there was no charge to it, but it really was impactful. And I'm just grateful that I got to do it. I just wanted to say that. I'm feeling enormous gold stars. On Friday, I opened the doors to my ADHD coaching program, Your ADHD Brain is A-OK. And of course, that one isn't free. But, you know, we have these interest-driven brains And because of that, I just really believe that there's no point in working on anything until you build that foundation of knowing what's important to you, right? I call this the 25% foundation, what your strengths, superpowers, passions, and purpose are. I mean, what's the point of coaching or frankly, doing much of anything if you're not in the right environment, if you're not working on the right things, if you don't know what it even means to be true to yourself? 
you know, we often struggle because we're doing the wrong things. We're in the wrong environment and with the wrong people. And maybe it started out that we chose work that had prestige or that paid a lot of money or it was just easy for us to get. And that's fine initially, but over time, it just wears on us. It's not what we want to do. It doesn't capitalize on our strengths. It doesn't give our life meaning. It doesn't allow us to live to our potential. Hell, we don't even like the people that we're often doing this kind of work with, right? So it's no wonder that we're struggling. So if building this 25% foundation sounds like something that you've been looking for, then I would love to have you join us for Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, where we are going to walk through the system together. You can sign up right now, but we'll be closing enrollment tomorrow, which is the 11th of March, and starting the program next Tuesday, which is the 16th of March. If you want more information, you can go to tracyotsuka.com forward slash A-OK right now. Again, AOK is built off of my patented cartography system. And so it will include the step by step AOK program. It'll include a workbook, live trainings and coaching, a community, your own personal brain uh, blueprint, accountability. You'll have everything that you need to discover what it is that you value, what your strengths are, what your passions are, and the neighborhood that your purpose lives within. The program will run for six weeks. There will be limited enrollment. So when we're at capacity, we're at capacity. And I just want you to know that I am very careful about who I let into this program. You absolutely don't have to be successful yet, but you have to believe that you can be successful. You have to want to flip that negative ADHD story that is just stuck in your brain. So this program, it is for healthy women. If you are struggling with serious trauma, if you haven't been able to work on it, please work on that first and then come back after. I just really want to see you be successful with AOK. So I am super excited to offer this program and I hope to see you there. Again, if you want more information, you can go to tracyotsuka.com forward slash AOK. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, we are going to talk about women. ADHD and hormones. You know, and I've been wanting to do this episode for a while, but I knew it would take a lot of research, which I've been doing for a good part of a year, but I haven't really had the time to put it all together until now. So I am super excited to be doing this particular episode. I want to start out by thanking those female pioneers, most who have ADHD, who have really gone out there and led the charge. I have learned so much from them. And that is women like Dr. Kathleen Nadeau, Dr. Ellen Lippman, Dr. Patricia Quinn, Dr. Sari uh, Solden, Dr. Sandra Couge. She's from the Netherlands. I just have learned so much from you. And um, everything that I'm talking about here has come from you. So I just want to put that out there. So let's start with this. You know, ADHD has always been all about the boys. 95% of the studies have focused on white prepubescent boys. And it makes sense because they're usually hyperactive, right? They're oppositional. They may be aggressive. So they're hard to handle, not only for their parents, but also for their teachers, for society, right? Versus hyperactive girls, they're usually just chatty, which is socially acceptable. It can be often very charming. And so they just don't get diagnosed. Boys, they're annoying. So they're diagnosed and the girls are missed. You know, even today, there's this general belief that only boys have ADHD. 
But guess what? In adults, both men and women have ADHD symptoms to a similar degree. So they have equal amounts of ADHD, yet the diagnosis rate of American men is 69% higher than it is for American ADHD women. So why is this? Well, because ADHD women also don't comply with the stereotypes around what ADHD looks like, right? Just what I just said just now. They are not as hyperactive. Women, however, are also two times more likely to have inattentive ADHD than men. And inattentive ADHD looks very different than hyperactive ADHD. You know, these women can be very shy. They can appear to be forgetful, disorganized, stressed, and kind of have this daydreamy quality about them. Sometimes they seem like absent-minded professors. So they're really bright in certain subjects, but they're in their head a lot. So they can't recreate their steps because they weren't in their body when they say, oh, I don't know, lost their car keys. Has that ever happened to you? You lose something and you have no idea where you lost it because you were so in your head and not in your body that you can't even retrace the steps that you took to find it. You can't remember where did you walk? Where did you go? Because you weren't in your body. So with inattentive ADHD, the body also can appear slow and maybe even sluggish, even though the brain is moving really, really quickly. That said, those with inattentive ADHD, they make up only 10% of the total ADHD population. But most of those with inattentive ADHD, guess what? They're women. Now, just so you know, the majority of those with ADHD, 90% of us, we have combined type ADHD. So we are both hyperactive and inattentive. The biggest problem is that a very large percentage of healthcare practitioners, they're just not educated on ADHD in women and girls. Instead, girls and women are often diagnosed with depression and anxiety, which may be a comorbidity of ADHD, but often it's the ADHD that is causing the anxiety and the depression. So when you treat the ADHD, the anxiety and depression often resolves itself. So why are so many women and girls misdiagnosed? Well, girls tend to internalize their symptoms while boys externalize them. Girls go inward. And by that, I mean that their anger, their frustration, their struggle, they keep it inside of themselves and they're scared to tell anyone. So they beat themselves up more internally, right? Which of course translates into higher rates of anxiety and depression for girls and women. There is also so much bias and stigma against girls with ADHD. All kinds of studies have shown that when a boy and a girl present with the exact same ADHD symptoms, the boy will be referred for treatment and the girl will not. I know that in our Facebook group, ADHD for Smartass Women, a huge percentage of our members were diagnosed late in life and only after their child, usually a son, was diagnosed. So I conducted a poll in this group and, you know, I asked members, how were you ultimately diagnosed? And if you were diagnosed because your child was diagnosed first, was it a boy or a girl? And two thirds of our members said that their son was the one that was diagnosed with ADHD. And of course, that is certainly my story. And this is troubling because the problem is much better, right? The earlier the diagnoses. This is why it's so important that we make sure and advocate for our girls because the schools and even their doctors often don't know what ADHD even looks like in girls. And the earlier that we can normalize their differences, that they can meet other friends who also have ADHD so they can reduce their shame, 
that they can learn and understand how their brain works, they can understand what their strengths and gifts are, the better they are going to ultimately do. Research also indicates that women struggle more than men with ADHD, but this is the big problem for women. All people with ADHD, they have to manage themselves in their career, right? And that's often difficult enough. But for ADHD women, we are also expected to manage the family, the household, the children, plus our career. And guess what this requires? Yeah, strong executive functioning skills. And guess what we don't have? Strong executive functioning skills, right? Research indicates that women struggle more with ADHD than men due to a combination of internalized symptoms, we keep everything inside, right? Hormones, societal pressures, and gender role expectations. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? So when women compare themselves harshly to their peers, ADHD women compare themselves harshly to their peers who seem to be succeeding like they don't have ADHD, right? And they're able to juggle all these balls and we can't, that's when imposter syndrome sets in. Women also struggle with more central nervous system hypersensitivities like sensory overload, Somatic complaints like headaches, migraines, stomach aches, sleep difficulties. We also have more comorbidities such as anxiety. 20 to 40% of people with ADHD have an, a comorbid anxiety disorder. We struggle more with depression, with dysregulated eating, with personality disorders. When women are diagnosed late in life, especially if they don't know others who have ADHD, other women, there is so much shame around it. They see their behaviors, their inability to manage the household, organize their children, have meals on the table. They see all this as a character flaw or a moral failing when really their brain just work differently. I mean, this is boring work, right? It's like Groundhog Day. You've heard me say this before. Emptying the dishwasher, washing the clothes, getting dinner on the table. It never ends. How many times, I want to ask you this, how many times have you heard a man stress out because he wasn't good at keeping the house clean or making sure the dinner was on the table on time, right? My guess would be, uh, never. You know, often I will meet an incredibly accomplished ADHD woman, but because she struggles with managing a household and the kids, she can't even see herself as monumentally successful. It is so important that we stop trying to shore up our weaknesses and instead we develop our strengths further. You know, I hear all the time from ADHD women, I can't afford to hire a housekeeper. Well, yeah, you know what? You can't afford not to. Whatever you're spending on that housekeeper, that's just going to pay off tenfold when you feel as if you're in control and you're not completely overwhelmed all the time. What do you think that does to your brain and your sense of focus, your sense of self? We need positive emotion in order to be successful at what it is that we need to get done. If every time you walk into your home and it's a disorganized disaster and you beat yourself up for what you're just not good at, that is going to affect how you feel about yourself and those things that you really are so incredibly brilliant at. When you're finally diagnosed and you realize that you're not alone, you're not broken or defective, that you just have a different brain, there is so much freedom in that. There is a reason you're not good at keeping a perfect house, getting the wash done, making dinner, balancing the checkbooks, studying subjects you have no interest in. It's boring and your brilliant brain needs something so much more challenging than that. 
So go do that instead of trying to stay afloat, doing what isn't inspiring or even fun to you. You need help. You cannot do all of these things alone. So you have some weaknesses. Well, guess what? That also means that you have amazing opposing strengths. It really is a yin and a yang, right? Are you hyperactive or are you energetic? Are you impulsive or are you creative? Are you inattentive or are you just curious, right? So it's so hard to just focus on one thing because there's so much in this world to be curious and interested in. Are you emotional or are you compassionate? Are you time blind or are you in the moment? Do you just love what you're doing and so you can hyperfocus and you lose track of time? Are you stubborn? Or are you just persistent? Look for your strengths. Stop focusing on shoring up your weaknesses. So before I move on to um, hormones, what I want to do is I want to talk about smart girls real quickly with ADHD, since our podcast and Facebook group are called ADHD for Smart Ass Women. So I know that that's you right here, right? And what I know is that smart ass women birth a lot of smart ass girls. When you're smart, you compensate. You know, I talk all the time about the fact that I just worked harder than everyone else and I knew I was smart, but I always wondered if I'm so smart, why do I have to work so much harder? You've heard the story. Well, maybe you haven't, so I'm going to say, tell it again, but I had a roommate when I was in graduate law school at Georgetown and She was eight years older than I was. She had already been a partner at a law firm, but she decided to go back to school for a number of personal reasons to get her master's in law in securities regulation. She was still doing work on the side as well. So it wasn't like she was lying around and doing nothing, but I would literally spend weeks preparing. I would create these amazing notebooks, flashcards. They were all color coded and tabbed. And, you know, I just spent so much work creating these study tools. And my roommate, Leanne, who was brilliant, I'm going to give her that, she would literally come in maybe the day before the test, whatever the exam was that we had, and she would take my notes and start studying the day before. And she would always do better than I did, even though I am the one who put all the notes and study tools together. And it would just drive me nuts. And I would think, oh my gosh, I know I'm smart, but why can't I show on these exams how smart I am? And even if it was just a half a grade higher, it just bothered me, right? I hope you can relate to that. So I knew that I was smarter than the way they wanted me to show my intelligence because I always felt I could do better, right? I knew more than what I could show. You know, The other thing is often we're also told by mental health professionals that it can't possibly be ADHD because you're a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer or a business owner. Hell, you graduated from college. I've heard that story too. You can't graduate from college if you have ADHD. And that is like bumpkiss, right? If you're smart, you can also hang on longer. Thomas Brown did research on gifted college students at Yale, and he noticed that gifted ADHD students, they fell off the rails when demands exceeded their ability to compensate. And often, for his PhD students, it's the dissertation. Dr. Kathleen Nadeau, she, I've heard her say that she believes that those who haven't completed their dissertation are likely ADHD. And I know this particular topic is one that comes up very often in our Facebook group where women are, you know, working on their dissertation and they are just stuck, ADHD women, right? 
So does that mean that those who don't go on to higher education aren't smart? Absolutely not. Sometimes I think you're even smarter. You know, there are all kinds of smart, right? There's social and emotional intelligence. There's spatial intelligence. There's musical intelligence. There's bodily kinesthetic intelligence. There's naturalistic intelligence. And then, of course, there's the two kinds of intelligence that they test for in school, logical, mathematical intelligence and linguistic intelligence. So absolutely not. Oh, my gosh. Some of the creativity, you know, the women that their level of creativity that I run into and they may have literally flunked out of college like they attended the first year and they could not go further. But these are among the most brilliant women that I know. Okay, perfectionism and ADHD. Let me just say something really quickly about that as well. I want to mention that not all women with ADHD present as disorganized or unmotivated. For some of us, we are the absolute opposite. We have perfect homes. We can have perfect cars. Our kids can be perfectly dressed and coiffed, right? We overcompensate by being perfectionistic. In fact, we can't get anything done if we're distracted by an untidy anything. And this is okay, right? Until keeping up becomes an absolute burden. This is what my type of ADHD probably looks like. And I joke all the time that I think Martha Stewart's ADHD. I know that her daughter was diagnosed with ADHD and I just can relate to so much of what she does and how she is. You know, I was a whirling dervish until perimenopause when all of a sudden I could no longer hold any of it together and I couldn't figure out why. And because I was used to performing at such a high level, when I no longer could, I really felt like I was letting everyone down. And when I finally had to just say no, I was just so mortified. I couldn't possibly tell anyone what was going on because I didn't know myself. How could I have done all this before? And now I absolutely couldn't. I was just paralyzed, right? So that brings us to hormones and ADHD. And specifically, we're going to be talking about estrogen. So ADHD is thought of as a condition that remains stable throughout the lifespan. Remember, it's all about the boys. And we now know that this is not true for women. In fact, the DSM-5, it doesn't even take women into account at all. ADHD is not a trait that stays stable in women. I had to say it again. Daily symptoms are affected by hormone fluctuations. So you cannot apply the studies on young boys and men to women. Yet, There is almost no research on hormonal influence on women's brains, regardless if they have ADHD or they don't. Women have generally been excluded from studies, most studies, because their hormones constantly change during their cycle, and this influences so many things. So research, yeah, it just ignores them, and it only includes males. We need studies that compare women with ADHD to women without ADHD. And this is actually cutting edge research, if you can believe it. Hormone questions need to be asked. Where are you in your cycle? Are you in menopause? When were you pregnant last? Or are you pregnant now? They don't follow up on hormones because it's time consuming and it's expensive. According to Dr. Ellen Littman, who's been involved with ADHD for over 30 years and women and ADHD, she's a psychologist in New York State, 
And she tells us that with the very few studies that are out there, we actually do now know that estrogen and progesterone modulate neurotransmitters like serotonin and like dopamine. And this is what directly affects the brain's executive functions, right? Attention, cognition, memory, learning, emotion, sleep, focus, motivation. These are all things that are impaired with ADHD. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is that estrogen impacts our dopamine levels, which in turn affects our ADHD symptoms. So ADHD symptoms increase when estrogen decreases, and they decrease when estrogen increases. On top of that, we know that estrogen levels change dramatically during our lifespan. We have estrogen influx beginning in puberty, which is when we typically see ADHD in girls. I always wondered, why was it that I could memorize anything until I was 13? I mean, I was in all the school plays and in two languages, German and English. You could give me a 100-page script at 11, 12 years old, and I could memorize it no problem. Once I hit 13, I could no longer memorize even one chorus to a song. I know I say this over and over, but I always wondered about that. So with ADHD, you already have low dopamine levels in certain brain regions, right? Estrogen changes impact working memory, and they influence emotional and motivational behavior. We also know that many ADHD women experience hormonal mood changes during their menstrual cycle. Guess why? Because estrogen peaks at ovulation, but then it plummets the week after ovulation. And this is for neurotypical female brains as well, right? So, Dr. Sandra Kuj from the University of Amsterdam, she cited a small study that found that even in women without ADHD, during the week after ovulation, women generally reported feeling more impulsive and more inattentive. This supports the relationship between estrogen and these kinds of symptoms for all women. So for those of us with ADHD, we are literally hit with a double whammy. During that one week before our period, we report even more mood instability, forgetfulness, chaos, depression, etc. In short, we experience more ADHD symptoms. And why? Because we have double the low dopamine in that week, right? Before our periods, which explains everything. So this combination of low estrogen and high progesterone, it exacerbates symptoms tremendously. So for women in perimenopause or menopause, often just increasing stimulant medication during the week after ovulation, it's not enough. They need hormone replacement therapy as well. They need estrogen in order for their increased stimulant medication to work. And honestly, I have not heard of hormone replacement therapy or estrogen being used in women before perimenopause. But, you know, I'm wondering if that is something that some doctors are either doing right now or considering doing for women with ADHD if they really struggle in um, that one week period, uh, one week time frame before their periods. Anyway, this is definitely something worth talking to your doctor about. A new study, Cooj was involved in this as well, came out in December. So just, you know, a couple months ago, and it concluded that premenstrual dysphoric disorder, many of you probably know it as PMDD, postpartum depression, and climacteric mood symptoms. So these are symptoms that relate to perimenopause through menopause. All of these challenges 
disproportionately impact women with ADHD. We have more symptoms of hormone-related mood disorders, and these symptoms may be more severe than those experienced by women without ADHD. So ladies, I have news for you. It is not in your head. We need more studies, and according to Dr. Littman, this is exactly the kind of research that ADHD women ask for more than anything else. They want science to study hormonal mood changes throughout our life. So is there such a thing as adult-onset ADHD? Well, we know that the DSM-5, and the DSM-5 is uh, the manual that medical health professionals use to diagnose mental disorders. And of course, ADHD is, yes, listed as a mental disorder. You know how I feel about this, but that's just the way it is right now. So the DSM-5 says that symptoms must be present in childhood, yet often ADHD symptoms seem like they don't show up until adulthood, especially for a lot of us women, right? And this can happen when the demands of life exceed the ability to cope. So this may happen to women after they have their first child or maybe their second child. And if you're smart, you may be fine until college or law school or medical school, right? It gets harder and harder and becomes more and more competitive. And that's when we kind of fall off the rails. I mean, even going from high school to college that first year, it is not uncommon for ADHD students to suddenly fall off the rails. Not only do we need to keep up with school, but we need to get ourselves fed. We need to do our laundry. We need to get into bed at a certain time. And the structure that we had at home to get all that done well, we no longer have it, right? Our parents provided it, and now they're not around, so we have to do all of this for ourselves. There are also women who, like me, we get through all of that well enough, although I did almost flunk out of college my first semester of school, but we may not experience symptoms that really impact us until perimenopause. There are other women who, they may not experience symptoms until menopause. And so I've heard the term adult onset ADHD. I have used the term maturity onset ADHD to describe myself. What I suspect with these women, however, is if they really think about it, they had symptoms at least since puberty, but they were high functioning. So maybe their symptoms were less severe. Maybe they were in the right career. Maybe they were in the right relationships. Maybe they had a lot of structure, like let's say they went to Catholic schools, right? Maybe they had a lot of resources and little, if any, trauma, at least not big T trauma. Maybe they had much less shame, right? So they could compensate. Life was just easier for them. The other thing, and I've heard this a lot, is women who say their ADHD didn't really evolve to the point that it was causing them problems until perimenopause or menopause. Again, hormones, right? And they think that they have early onset dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. I was one of those women. I was tested for Parkinson's because nobody thought that, oh, well, maybe we should consider ADHD. And of course it was negative, but it was still really scary. And I always mix these terms up, but dementia is a syndrome. It's not a disease. So dementia is a group of symptoms that affects mental cognitive tasks such as memory and reasoning. So it's an umbrella term that Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's can fall under. And of course, you're more likely to develop dementia as you get older, right? Because it occurs when certain brain cells are damaged. And many conditions can cause dementia, including degenerative diseases like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. 
But the thing is that the symptoms are very similar to ADHD. You know, you become forgetful. You have trouble keeping track of time. You get confused. You, you know, struggle to remember names. Yeah, so many of those things are exactly what I struggle with. And I was talking to... um, a neuroscientist in our group. Her name's Dr. Julie Couric, and she works with Parkinson's patients. And her comment, well, Parkinson's, of course, is caused because um, there's a loss of nerve cells in the part of the brain that's responsible for producing dopamine. And of course, that's what we need more of, right? So it's scary because there's a correlation, right? And so, you know, Julie was saying that women are actually less apt to get Parkinson's than men because estrogen appears to be protective. And so when I heard that, that made me feel a lot better that, okay, for sure, then it's not Parkinson's, right, Tracy? (laughs) So Kathleen Nadeau, she did a great talk on ADHD in older adults. And this question came up, are we more vulnerable to dementia? And she mentioned that studies seem to support that that's true. You know, we may get it, but just because we get it doesn't mean that we're more likely to get it because we have ADHD. So, you know, it was similar to what Dr. Couric was saying as well. And I think the problem is, you know, you'll go to these memory centers thinking, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with my brain. You know, I've got dementia, some form of dementia. And the people there that are testing, the supposed experts that are testing for dementia, they don't know anything about ADHD. And so what's really going on is these are ADHD symptoms. They're not symptoms of dementia, but, you know, a woman is diagnosed with some form of dementia. So anyway, I just think that that's something that we definitely have to be aware of. Regardless, I think it's really important for women to be aware of how hormones, primarily estrogen, affects dopamine and their symptoms, right? Mood, emotion, impulsivity, et cetera, because it reduces shame, which is always my goal with ADHD. If you know it's your brain, if you know it's science, if you know it's biology, and it's not a character flaw or a moral failing, this, of course, reduces our shame and we can better plan, right? We can decide that, okay, well, that week before my period, I am certainly not going to conduct that huge meeting where I need to be firing on all cylinders. So, For all the reasons we just talked about, you need to educate yourself so that you can advocate for yourself. If you're going to see a doctor, hire a therapist or a coach, ask them, how many women have you treated with or worked with, you know, with ADHD? If you feel like your concerns are minimized, go to someone else. The best referral is probably someone that you know who is working with someone that's an ADHD expert in whatever area that they really rave about. And if you can't find someone like that, you can call the psychiatry department of your closest medical school and ask for a referral. So ask for someone who treats ADHD women. You know, bottom line, many experts, they don't know about ADHD and they have no clue how it impacts women yet. And I say experts in air quotes, right? So that leads me to a quick reminder about the ADHD Women's Palooza, which is going on right now. Several years ago, when I was trying to learn everything I could about my ADHD brain, I found out about the ADHD Women's Palooza, which is a series of interviews of the world's top ADHD experts hosted by Linda Rogley. She is lovely. And I learned so much from these experts. And I have made a point of listening to these interviews every year since then. So the ADHD Women's Palooza, it's going to run from March 8th through March 13th. This drops on Wednesday the 10th. So you still have a couple days to listen to those expert interviews 
All episodes are free for 24 hours. And this year, I am honored to be presenting alongside the likes of Dr. Ned Hallowell, Dr. Sari Solden, Dr. William Dodson, Terry Matlin, Dr. Roberto Olivardia, Dr. Julie Skolnick, and I'm going to look her name up. There is a woman that presented last year that was fantastic. Her name is Dr. Carolyn Lynch Parcells, and she talked about medication. It was the best information that I have ever heard in one place about medication. And this year she's going to be speaking. Her topic is what's the scoop on ADHD stimulants for women. I cannot rave about her enough. So you can get more information at ADHDpalooza.com forward slash women. And Palooza is with two O's. As always, you are listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. If you liked this podcast, please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too can discover their amazing strengths. And you know what? Your reviews really help in that regard. So for me, they're like those little gold stars that we used to get on our work when we were kids. The reality of it is, though, the reviews help because they help to get the word out. Among other women that are really trying to understand their ADHD, they help to reduce the shame. So I really, really appreciate them. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, it's also the name of our free Facebook group. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. Join us at tracyoutsuka.com, where you can also find more information on our Your ADHD Brain is A-OK system. I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.